welcome to the Corning Karen Podcast. My guest today is Kathleen Ellis. You may know her from Breaking the Spells. She's a YouTube channel. We are going to be talking about toxic superfoods. And she gave me this book, which is super generous of her. And we're going to talk about some of the foods that, you know, are entitled superfoods and may have some toxic properties that you would not expect because we're told they're superfoods. But she's going to tell us all about her personal story that led her down this journey and uh, helped her to uncover so much of what we were being lied to about, especially in the realm of health. And we actually filmed this episode already. So uh, this is going to be a repeat for us. But unfortunately, the audio did not record, which was terrible. So, But I had the great fortune of having another opportunity to talk to her in person, in studio. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm having a bit of deja vu. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to through this whole thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uh, that'll make it uh, that much more interesting. <laughs> so. Yeah, we can just laugh at ourselves. Exactly. So tell everybody about, you had a really interesting story at, that led you down this path. So can you tell us well, how you even... Far as, as far as becoming a truther, a bit, I was really pissed when I found out my parents lied to me about Santa Claus. Uh, yes, this and is I funny. Could prove it. <laughs> I knew it at four and I proved it and shoved it in their face when I was five. I was in a really diverse neighborhood in Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, there are all kinds of ethnic people and different religions and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I also looked around like, well, we go to this particular place of worship, but I kind of like my neighbors next door better, and they go to a different place, and those people don't go to one. And then I'm friends with some Jews over there, and it's like, you know, I was just ever since the Santa Claus thing, you know, some people just kind of roll with it. Mm I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out life myself, you know, and it takes a while and you don't get it all, but I mean, that's, that's what it's all, you know, that's what started it. Right. Yeah. Just Can like, you tell that story? Cause it's really funny. So you basically oh, told happened? your parents that okay, you, they lied stock, about Santa. There is the stocking. Right. And I grew up in a store, an right. Italian grocery slash specialty store right. right next to the house. It was one of those grandfather clauses in Detroit. And so... In the stocking, when I was four, I found walnuts that came from our store and sun-kissed oranges that for sure came from our store, besides other stuff, right? right. They just wanted it fuller, so they'd fill it with that. Not like I could, didn't have enough of that stuff. So, and I, and I, th- you know, this isn't right. I know they did it, but, well, maybe I'm just too little and not forceful enough to confront them, you know? So when I was five... I took it, and I, they were still in bed, and I shoved it in their face, and I said, you lied to me about Santa Claus. You, this is from our store. And, and, and you know, I, I didn't say it that loudly, but right. I, I, was, I wasn't happy. Right. About, you know, if your parents, they're supposed to be your guardians, and they lied to you, right? Right. So they got mad at me for figuring it out and confronting them. Right. And I said, and this wasn't like me. I was yeah. a very obedient kid. I said, I hate you. <laughs> and from then on, I mean, I hated lies so much. I was always on guard right. for lies. And you remember you said, I had it written down here, what was it that you, um, you developed pattern recognition from handicaps, mm-hmm. right? I, well, I like a, or skill, extra. I don't know if it was from handicaps. I, uh, I just knew that when I was two years old, I had a tutor 
And we used to read the Boxcar Children series, like it was a, a book series that I was reading. And I would always tell her, I think this is how the book is going to end. And so she explained to me that, you know, what foreshadowing meant and that, you know, I was right. She said, your, your talent is pattern recognition. And you see the, the clues that the, the author is giving you, and it's called foreshadowing. And uh, that's, that's why you're predicting the end of the book. Um, but in hindsight, I, I had thought of this, you know, more recently because I realized that I was destined to become a conspiracy theorist from the age of two. <laughs> Admittedly and not ashamedly, right? No. no well, I, I, I did actually a video on this, uh, I guess, about two years ago because I, I feel like even in the quote-unquote truther community, whatever that means, I feel like that's been kind of co-opted as well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like even in that community, people have this stigma around conspiracy theory oh because it was cia what they right. put it on purpose document 1035-960 why don't we just call it a theory well I mean, or just no i mean i said it remember, why don't we actually just call it a conspiracy it just means to conspire well I, no yeah, that was yeah. actually not what i yeah. said in my I, I did a pretty long rant i think it was like almost half an hour long about it so yes the cia weaponized the term mm -hmm. in document 1035-960 it was countering <laughs> the warren commission um to avert any investigation into jfk's assassination but my argument is that there are conspiracy theories this is actually part of the scientific method that the act, not scientism, but the real methodology. You have to have a hypothesis in order to test the hypothesis. And I don't think there's any conspiracies actually exist. And people have now that the term has been completely misused. People use like the word conspiratorial to mm -hmm. mean paranoid or suspicious or that's not what it means. Doesn't it just kind of mean it means people conspired. Listen, yeah, it think means about the, the Christmas song. They sat by the fire and conspired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. Your, your family conspired to fool you into thinking that there was a Santa Claus who brought you all these gifts that actually came from their store. Now, I wouldn't really argue that that's necessarily a nefarious conspiring. No, that was just human weakness, and they went along with everybody else preaching Santa Claus. Or maybe yeah. they just wanted to, to have a good Christmas, and they wanted to give you gifts and thought that that would be a fun way to do it. I don't know. I'm going to go with a little more benevolent interpretation of this. I don't think you're... No, it wasn't evil. Yeah. I, just, I mean, just saying I hated lies. No, I understand I that. It. I had a very similar, you know, kind of feeling as a kid, too. I hated lies. Lies were... I'm still... Like, it's one of those things I will put up with a lot from people. I'm very forgiving. Lies are one of those things that I have a really hard time forgiving. But yeah, with the conspiracy theory, I really, I, I feel like even in the community that of people who do explore conspiracy theories, we've taken on their language and their vernacular. And I really encourage people not to do it because there's nothing wrong with the conspiracy theory. Whenever I have a conspiracy theory, I always preface it by saying, this is a theory. Here are some data points. It looks like they are all pointing in this direction. I can't prove it at this time, but I have looked at the, you know, data points based on research and there is evidence that is leading me to these conclusions, but of course I would need more evidence to verify it. Well, you know, I as think, long as you preface I, it by I, saying it's a theory, I don't think there's anything wrong I with it. I think you should own it and mm -hmm. say it proudly. Mm -hmm. uh, here's an example. Uh, some nurse who knew a lot, but mm -hmm. thought she... Let's just say, thought she kind of knew it all. Oh, okay. Came up to me, you know, wanted some help with some little thing. And um, she goes, 
but she, you know, she knows the COVID shots were hurting people and so forth. But she said, but I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I go, I am. Yeah. Why not? You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that are those terms have been so pooped on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to proudly wear it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm definitely an anti-vaxxer, although I wouldn't even call it vax because they're they're not vaccines. That they, they've I actually changed I'm the definition of that. I'm talking even before COVID. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm way back. Yeah, yeah. I've seen so much damage. Yeah. And that's... Especially that's, being in health food, you know all these people and you know they're animals and you hear the stories and it's through all these years and you, you know, like I had my own store, right? Yeah. Long story, everybody. I closed it after that 2008 economy. Well, I was in the black and had good credit. Uh, just because mom and pop shops were going to have a real hard time. I saw the writing on the wall. But I've been so immersed in the community and watching. We used to sneak dogs in mm-hmm. and, you know, like do things sometimes. I'd go out and help like right. train, train them or like, you know, look them, look them over, sneak them in the back room because you're not supposed to have it around food, right? Right. And um, what was I going to say? Um, you get to know, like, for example... There's too many cases where someone brought in an actual therapy dog. Mm-hmm. She was pressured to vaccinate, like, fully. She was pr- and then it suddenly had liver cancer. And it was fine before that. That kind of thing. Not, that's anecdotal. Sure. But, I mean, that kind of thing where, you, you know, you watch these people, gotten to know them, and you see their kids, you know, or perhaps their animals, or at least they're coming to you for doggy or cat, herbal medicine or bird, right. you know. Uh, we'll do parrots, too, a little bit, but... Um, and you're watching what happens. So we have these choices. We have mainstream over here. Right. We have truly empirical knowledge that mm-hmm. we observe. Right. And that's my favorite. Yeah. And we have kind of a cross between empirical and anecdotal. Sure. And if we know there's so many lies right. out there and so much brainwashing and misusing of words, right. thus the name of my channel, Breaking the Spells. Right. It... Yeah, it was considered a little more, what's the word, edgy at first, but now mm-hmm. everybody's, the zeitgeist is kind right. of caught on that they're screwing with our brain and our yeah. But um, I think the best set is empirical slash anecdotal mm-hmm. because you experienced it. Right. And then you can't base it on one or two, you know, instances, but if you start gathering and right. it seems so obvious, then once you gather your information... You can't know perfectly. You can't mm-hmm. know it all. You can try to get hands-on information as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, uh, you have to make a choice. Right. So you have to make a good guess. Right. Yeah. And so it's for good guessing. Because mm-hmm. most of what's going on in the universe or whatever we want to call it, we don't know. Right. And that's so, so that's why I say I'm very much into direct experience and mm-hmm. information. Something and if tangible. I had to put it up against the medical or the governmental communities, societies, yeah. I'd kind of take my own. Right, right. What, it, what it, you can trust and verify yeah, directly. Yeah, the in the pudding. You have, then you have to be willing, like something might work for you or someone else or some animal for six months, and then it mm-hmm. might not. That's true. So you go back and see, okay, was that just temporary? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do next? Right. You know, so it's, it's to be, a, you know. Make good guesses and be flexible, but I like I like some real evidence myself. I I agree totally. So yeah. So speaking of vaccines, tell me, yeah. let's tell okay. us your story. What? So how did you learn about these? So I've seen a lot of since my own. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of tragedies, 
really bad ones and like immediately like you know like right after or upon uh, getting vaccinated yeah when I was 16 I I was at a a Michigan I had you know always in some water somewhere Mm -hmm. and I had a cut on my foot and um, I got a tetanus shot because of it didn't have a clue what it really was or anything you know just I got I got a tetanus shot and it wasn't that bad of a cut you know I had to bandage up my foot but and after that you could say it was, it was, you could group it into three illnesses that really happened immediately. Right. One was um, mycoplasma pneumonia, which was proven later. Okay. As much as a t- scientific test can prove it. Right. And then I never saw a tick up until then, but I had all the, the, the symptoms of Lyme disease, which by a Western blot much later mm. showed. And all the symptoms of fibromyalgia, period, including a lot of body stuff all over, hormones and zits, and you know, I was, um, no, I feel like deja vu. The audience hasn't heard this, but you did. I was very athletic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I used to, you know, swim and teach swimming later Mm -hmm. when I took classes to be able to teach, and Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I used to race on the varsity ski team back Mm -hmm. in the snow in Michigan, and I used to water ski mm-hmm. really well. Everybody mm-hmm. did when you live on a lake. Right? Sure. Um, so when my parents retired and moved out of Detroit onto a lake. Okay. They were old when they had me. So okay. uh, they, they retired when I was 12. Wow. And my father was 50 when I was born. Okay. And I was yeah. in an accident when my mother was going through menopause. Really? Yeah. How interesting. She was going to try and close to go to a late, uh, a very late honeymoon in Hawaii. She looked in the mirror and said, boy, that, that looks like I'm pregnant. And it was me. But anyway. Um, wow. So. I well, re- she was I going through menopause. Yeah. Just going, just starting to go. I was 40. She was 44. Okay. That's a little early for back then. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it, she was 44. Okay. Like kind of an early menopause but how, So how did she know that she was going through menopause? Because that... she had menopausal symptoms. Okay. It wasn't just the pregnancy, but then. It turned out to be a pregnancy in addition. Now, right. why did I bring that up? Oh, it was just kind of like deja vu. I feel like I've already said this. That, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you were saying that uh, you grew up on a lake, that your yeah. parents had retired, yeah. they had you when they were late, later. And, and one of the clearest immediate examples is uh, that that was late in the summer, but I still had time to get back on skis. It's, sure. Because I didn't really, couldn't have to ski on that foot. Mm-hmm. You know, you just put the other one forward. Yeah, you know, and swallow. Yeah, as or... soon as it was sort of healed, I get back. Excuse, I could hardly get up out of the water. I mean, literally, could you know, could hardly wow. get up with the force of the speed in the boat out of the water. Wow. And once I got up, I mean, I used to go until we ran out of gas and had to switch tanks. Sure. And if you're familiar with speedboats, often have two tanks. You run out of gas and you switch it to the other tank. You, you know, you make sure you have enough to get home, right? Right. So then I I, I couldn't even. I couldn't even hardly go anywhere with it, and I had to just drop back down. And then, I, being on the ski team, I was on the varsity ski team when I was mm-hmm. a junior in high school. Okay. But then the senior year was coming up. This is 1975. Okay, kind of dates me, but oh well. So um, then, I was like like the fastest one, the one who never disqualified, and so forth. In your junior year, mm-hmm. that senior year, I had to miss a bunch of meets, and I couldn't. I couldn't even coordinate right to have the kind of skiing as I did before. And I had pneumonia all the time. Wow. And from that age until 
I would say the late 80s when my husband and I dove real hardcore in health food, mm -hmm. real hardcore. Although I was studying, all, kind of creating plans and seeking and searching and studied in college, but that was useless. Mm -hmm. um, then it got better. And mm -hmm. then much later, it actually got diagnosed in retrospect because back um, they didn't discover, you know, the, the whole thing about Plum Island was right about that time. Yeah. And that's, that's right. also when they were kind of accidentally on purpose using tetanus shots to um, experiment. And interestingly, it came out with a lot of infertile women in the Philippines and in, and in Africa. So, they, right. you know, so I might have gotten one of those hot lock batches or whatever. So um, the whole time from that age until the late 80s, I had pneumonia half of half of every year. Wow. And That's prior crazy. to that, I could handle a cold really well. I mean, it's just right. a cold nut, you know, and I, I skated like crazy on the frozen lake and you know, right. I was always outside in the cold. Sure. Yeah, that it, it, it really changed me. That. And then, and so then I had pretty extreme back pain like crazy, too. Interesting. I don't know. I didn't put this together the last time with the pneumonia because I'm not sure you had mentioned I didn't that. mention it. That's and why. And I could kick myself when I left thinking, oh, well, now we have a redo. <laughs> well, here we are. That's really interesting, though, because um, I remember when I lived in New York, I had bronchitis once a year. And uh, I had an incident where they... I got bitten by a dog. Um, yeah, I still have like a little scar here. Uh, it's the cutest, like absolutely beautiful dog, like an Alaskan Malamute. It had two different colored eyes, a beautiful, beautiful dog. And I think the dog was just, it was a super hot day. It was over 100 degrees and, you know, New York City is super humid. And the owner just left it outside by itself, tied to a chair. And... Uh, Should tie the owner to a chair. Seriously. Um, and the dog bit me. And I had to have like a series of, I actually didn't finish the series um, for whatever reasons, but of like rabies shots. Mm. And uh, it's very interesting. I didn't have bronchitis yearly before then. And I, I did, it was, it was every year, clockwork, like. You know. I had like two months on, two months off, or three months on, three months off. It I didn't have it all year, but it's constantly on and of, off. It was, I mean, for me, it was really the winter. And, you know, this was prior to my awakening i just chalked it up to like a seasonal kind of what they told you see, me when you don't suspect it yeah it can be right in front of your face right kind of like discovering fallacies about the government or religion yeah until you're ready right. and you don't suspect it even though it's in front of your face you don't see it yeah i mean i didn't and what they told me was that i would have because it never it wouldn't go away they told me i was having a um asthmatic reaction to uh, the bronchitis is what they told me, and I couldn't. I couldn't take. Normally, the treatment for it is like a steroid inhaler. Mm -hmm. My husband used to have asthma. We cured that a long time. Yeah, he had. I, he had the albuterol. Yeah. Well, the albuterol wasn't and, enough. They would give me like he, a steroid inhaler, but the problem was that I couldn't take it because I had glaucoma, and so mm. the steroid inhaler would elevate the intraocular pressure. So. It would just linger. I mean, I would have it. It was once a year, and I would have it for months. So, and, yeah. and there were some kind of shots involved. I, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't prove that. But yeah. now that I'm hearing you talk about this, that's so very data. interesting. I'm starting to data in retrospect. Right. Right. Yeah. Just tuck it in there. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure, but that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the speaking of rabies. Yeah. Um, 
Back in 2008, I looked into the rabies in the U.S., according to the CDC. In right. 2008, I haven't looked it up since. And I have all kinds of books from, you know, about Neil Miller and all those people mm -hmm. wrote all the books on vaccines way back when. And, um, and also uh, about the animal vaccines, pet right. vaccines and right. so forth. But I knew that the CDC said, and I worked for someone else at the time in health food, and I posted it on the wall with what I, a printout from the CDC. They admitted there is no canine rabies in the U.S. Yeah, no, I've read that. I have read that. I actually and they didn't claim there might be skunk or bat rabies. You right, know? right. I took. You know, I but, only took. I think one, maybe two. It was supposed to be a series for like six weeks or something. I didn't finish it mostly because. I kind of just didn't really believe in it. And, and at the time, it's not like I... It was more of just an intuitive thing. I was like, this seems ridiculous. Well, good for you. So I just... I stopped taking it. But, yeah. It was Cut. super painful, too. I have a very high threshold for pain. But that was a painful shot. You know? Yeah, that reminds me of when we had to get the, a friend of mine's dog through, um, through a heartworm treatment. Oh. Wow, the pain. Pain. Yeah. I had to get some special little gummies. They're a little risky oh, for dogs. Right, we had right. to get the dog oh. high or we were all going to die from sorrow. Oh. <laughs> we couldn't stand it. Mm. You know. Yeah. But she got through it anyway. Okay. Um, so the rabies thing. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they claim that there's rabies from other animals in right. the U.S., right? Yeah. And it's so rare. And there's really no cases of real human rabies right. from a dog. Right. They, if there was such a thing as a rabies virus, they'd have to, according to the CDC at the time, yeah. and the paperwork at the time, the dog would have to catch it from another animal. Yes. And then they'd have to pass it to you. And the other thing that was understood by people who really looked into it back then, yeah. you know, in, in like the 90s too, was under the, under the microscope, mm -hmm. whatever version of purifying the virus, the rabies looked just like distemper. Like what? Just like distemper. The vi the so-called virus itself oh. looked just like distemper. Distemper? The, di the disease. That, oh. You know, like the same one they try to give your animals the, oh, interesting. the, the shots for. Well, I don't know that much about it, but I know that uh, isn't that what Louis Pasteur was working on, the vaccine? I, I thought it was for rabies. It might have been. And I don't, he, I don't of recall. his own admission, like claimed that he was he admitted that he was a fraud basically well yeah he was pretty caught in general right yeah yeah but i don't know about him and and rabies i'm pretty sure i can do like, and oh quick... here's the other thing uh -huh. it's used to make you have to go to the vet mm -hmm. and get a license and then they use that money to support the government sponsored animal shelters that basically those licenses yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that it was. And back in the day, you could just get a titers test to prove whatever poison they put in your dog for one rabies vaccine mm -hmm. or another. You get a titers test to prove there was still what they called antibodies. And you know, that's like equivalent to PCR legitimacy. Right? I know. And, th and, and that, you, that gets... you would actually get a tag that's not well, vaccinated just by passing so that test. This one really gets me because this is my whole birth story. Yes. Right? So they did the titer. They read the titer as being 112. They claimed the doctor was dyslexic. They claimed it was really 121. So this was the justification for the lawsuit. My parents sued for my birth because the alternative would have been to abort me if the doctor had read the titer correctly. So 
Yeah, so this one kind so of... So this really hits you at, right at home. Yeah, it hit, it yeah. does. And, I, you know, I always feel like I have to qualify everything. I don't think my parents think I was wrongfully born. It was just the way that the, the angle the lawyers took. Strategy. Um, but it is just to think about the whole framing, mm -hmm. you know, that this is the the mindset that it really was justifiable because the tighter, if it had been read as 121, then of course they should have aborted me. This is... The, that that was the belief system. So I just wanted to. It is on. So basically, you had some kind of um, rubella or German measles poison. Well, that and this is what I think to mm -hmm. to kind of figure the the mystery out uh, yeah. as far as a virus versus a poison. I think certain poisons, just like what some of the the pesticides use that caused mm -hmm. all the polio symptoms that they called polio. Right. And the pesticides in the area. Mm -hmm. You know, you can follow it and see that's where they the call it. The DGT. Right. Yeah. I think certain pesticides have an exact picture or more gen pretty pretty specific picture of how they manifest in your body. And then we call it a virus. Interesting. They just like a poison does a certain thing. Right. Kind of fits. Sure. I don't know. You know, I, I that, that one's still a mystery to me. I don't know. But and I'm not sure it'll be solved. But... <laughs> Um, but I do think it was some sort of toxicity of some sort. At least. Yeah, it does make sense. So this is on July 6, uh, 1885, Louis Pasteur and his colleagues injected the first 14 daily doses of rabbit spinal cord suspension containing progressively inactivated rabies virus into a nine-year-old Joseph Meester who had been severely bitten by a rabbit dog two days before. Yeah, so it was Pasteur. Yeah, I, I, re I just remember that. There was... There's a lot of marketing around Pasteur because even as a mm. very, I think I was four years old and I re would read this book it was, that was geared towards children, you know, glorifying. A little brainwashing the, book? Yeah. Ah. Well, in hindsight, it totally was a propaganda book um, because they really glorified him. He's this big hero and, you know, this is why we have the pasteurized milk and pasteurized eggs and, you know, and our, all of our vaccines thanks to Louis Pasteur. So. Yeah. My husband's favorite book was The Emperor Has No Clothes. Yeah. We still have that book. Yeah. It's a treasure. It kind of fits too. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Okay, so your story. So, Sorry. So long because tangent. of that, yeah. I was always seeking. I was in so much pain. I did go to college for six years. I changed my major. So I didn't finish either one, but I, a lot of it was nutrition and things mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, family living and how, you know, how to make living better and like mm -hmm. it's called com consumer community services with like a minor in nutrition oh, initially yeah and then then it changed but it's too long of a story <laughs> okay so like where i met charles so okay so um i on my own some in college but also on my own it was a quest because for example i decided i didn't know if finishing a degree to get a desk job or whatever where you normally sit right was going to work because I was too much, always in too much pain when I sat. Right. I felt the best when I was moving around. Sure. And I had to lay down and move around. Even just, just propping my head up, laying down to read a book really hurt. Yeah. And I did well in school anyway, but it was like, ugh, it really maimed me. It sure. really, really did. And some, so many of those things, like even the mycoplasma itself, there are some patents on some mycoplasmas. Yeah. And I think specifically, if I remember right, on the pneumonia itself. And right. it's admitted that when, when you get Lyme, if you get Lyme, right. from whether it's from a jab or an actual something that, you know, like which 
affects your blood, puts something in your bloodstream or mm -hmm. any, you can technically get it from passing fluids, especially blood. Like mm -hmm. other biting bugs are supposed to be able to give it to you. And it is a bacteria and it is real. Mm -hmm. You know, testing's screwy, but, mm -hmm. and most people from my studies, most people actually carry it, but just aren't subject to it. Just, it's, they don't manifest it, symptoms. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when people ask me, you know, did you get rid of your Lyme? Yeah, I got rid of it from, um, I had the symptoms since the tetanus shot. Um, got better when we got it hardcore into health food. Mm -hmm. But I so, say, yeah, I killed it back as much as everybody else who has it and doesn't know it. <laughs> you know, it just, you know, it's gone. Yeah, it's you know. in remission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the keto diet uh, is what um, did the nerve repair. Oh, It's very nerve friendly. Okay. You know, all those foods that feed the nerves, you know. Right. And bringing those carbs way down that kind of interfere with natural processes, mm -hmm. you know, better processes. So, um, so I was on this quest in and out of uh, college and life and so forth. And that's eventually I wound up working in health food a lot. Then eventually I had my own store mm -hmm. and uh, we we're always busy. I just closed it because I saw what was coming. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm considered retired now. I just still mm -hmm. work a little but. Um, I created my channel that was like back in 2015 mm -hmm. just to have a place to find when I couldn't have enough time to talk to people long enough. Right. Um, and it's always generally for free, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to, to cover ground really right. well because it's really impossible. And I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm just a, a that's what we would call it citizen scientist or die. That's that was my <laughs> life. Okay. So it's like you're on your own. Right. So the my channel collects videos and organizes them from my favorite functional medicine doctors mm -hmm. that I what you call vetted. Right. And and my favorite nutritionists or researchers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even though I could say it, yeah. Because it appears to be some authority, I think people are receive it better. Sure. And sometimes, like on the toxic superfoods playlist, which was very, very important, mm -hmm. um, I think on that, I, you know, sometimes like make a video to introduce it, but then say, okay, go watch the experts now. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You know, right, right. you don't have to believe me. Right. You don't have to believe them either. But sure. at least you can feel like you talk to someone who's been in studying that for a very long time. Right. And experiencing it, especially when it's doctors. Mm -hmm. And those doctors are the good guys, right? De right. You know, definitely, <laughs> um, and they they put that stuff out for free too. Yeah. So and I put it out for I don't I don't monetize. It's not right. about I want to fly under the radar. Right. I already got so many chlorine dioxide and Lyme disease um, videos removed, wow. being censored as it was, and that was kind of mild compared to what's going on now. Sure. So yeah, just lay low and just put it out there. So it's designed. I have a lot of subscribers relative to how many videos I made, mm -hmm. which in yeah. the last video that didn't, that had no sound, uh -huh. your, your cameraman, your, your fiance <laughs> said, how do you have so many subscribers and you didn't make that many videos? And that's why, because right. it's a video reference library Yeah, for health. And that, it's that's really what like it's a, for. It's like, yeah, it's a it's library. Convenient. It's an archive. Well, very yeah. convenient. As a matter of fact, most, most of the things I want to talk about, which was inversions yes especially inversions about, about health yeah um most of those things i i have whole playlists on most of those topics yeah awesome so you know in someone's convenience while they're driving or doing dishes or whatever right you know, scrubbing the floor or whatever they can just turn mm -hmm. on and listen and 
open their mind. That's, yeah. you know, just expand what might or might not be true, but just mm -hmm. learn more. Totally. So that's what yeah. that's all about. I want to, uh, before yeah. we move oh, yeah. on, I, I just want to stress, mostly for the audience, uh, about the tetanus shot, because I feel like even people who are kind of waking up, like you were saying, the people who are questioning vaccines, uh, that's the one, they, they push it so hard. I know. And for a lot of people just can't wrap their head around, well, okay, I won't do the other, I mean, now I think in some states it's like 72 vaccines before the age of 12, maybe. It's, it's a, My it's, husband had several before he knew better. Yeah, so, but, the, but that's the one where like a lot of the parents that I talk to will say, okay, we'll, you know, we'll homeschool, opt out of these, but, but the tetanus, that's the one I have to get, you know, and I, so just to hear your story that you had such an extreme reaction and there is evidence that there was, you know, intentional types of uh, testing done. Very specifically to sterilize. Right. And, you know, how do you prove whether you could have a child? My mother wasn't supposed to have any children, more children. She was supposed to not be able to, she was infertile, supposedly. Right. Do you eventually. have other children? She had, yeah. She had, we had, uh, she had other kids. Okay. But. But How by then, she supposedly have? couldn't have kids anymore. Yeah. There were f two twin boys that died. They okay. died, like, at birth. Right. And two sisters okay. that were much, like, 17 and 19 years older than me. Wow. So I was, like, kind of like an oldie child. Right, you know? right, sure, yeah. at that point. So, so, yeah, so she's supposedly not... Couldn't have... Supposed... Right, so you never know for sure well, what's I... going on in there. But when we tried to have kids, we couldn't. Right. And we had my husband tested. Okay. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. So I figured it was me. Right. So I think that that's the other thing that's really interesting is there there's the actual depopulation agenda that's going on and all of these uh, different mechanisms that, that they've been used. I mean, I think the birth control pill alone is like a good example. Uh, but then there's just also the fear campaigns because... You know, they, they like to scare any women who are over 35 that you're mm -hmm. like geriatric. You're going to have all sorts of problems. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Do you know what this is based Unshame on? shame you if you waited to have kids. Oh, do, yeah. I, and I'm not advocating people wait, but do you know what this is based on? What? It is based on a French study in this, of French farmers in the 1600s. Most of them didn't live past 35. So <laughs> you know, now we're saying like supposedly they're... Like their fertility decreased. So they're so that. close to death. Yeah. So they're thirty-five. Well, they're in the sixteen hundred. The French farmers. Yeah. Yeah. So and this, but they, they decided that after thirty-five, they're geriatric and they're gonna have all sorts of complications and you know birth defects and uh, you know your chance of fertility was so low anyway that you know you, if you're you shouldn't wait till after thirty-five or not that you shouldn't wait but that it's not possible or you know it's, it has grave consequences. But this is all this fear campaign, which really was to to foist medical intervention to promote things like IVF, which is incredibly expensive and not not nearly as successful as people would like to think. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's usually takes something I think on average, I might get this wrong. Don't quote me on it. But I think the last statistic I read was like it takes six tries, something like that on average. Uh, you know, some some couples are much luckier than others, but that's really expensive. It's also really invasive for the yeah. body, um, you know, and it's, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what kind of effects that's going to have on posterity the, down the road. So, yeah. uh, and I, I'm not, this is not to shame anybody. I mean, you know, it's wonderful that we have science that can bring miracles. I do think life is a miracle. Um, so that, that's not what my intention in sharing this. My intention is to say that, you know, they give a, 
your mother supposedly couldn't have any. I, I have a friend who, like they said, it was totally impossible. And it, you know, then she had her son, like literally right after they told her it was totally, like 100% impossible. There was no chance. Well, supposedly so, when a lot of people let go of the stress and give up trying. It will, and I think this part of the reason they do, the, the reason I brought it up is because this fear campaign is because the mind is so powerful. And I think they're trying mm -hmm. to, it is another depopulation mechanism. Now, this is not to, you know, uh, you know admonish doctors who relay this message because mm -hmm. I think a lot of them don't know any bit. They don't necessarily even know that there's there a depopulation. Yeah. Well, and I don't think they even necessarily know there's a depopulation. A lot of them mm -hmm. don't know that that's an agenda. I think they're just re repeating what they've learned and what they've been indoctrinated with, and they're just repeating, relaying that material. Um, but I, I do think that's part of the intention is the spear campaign so that to pro you know, prohibit people and mm -hmm. make them more, uh, less, uh... So you were kind of a miracle baby and I was a weirdo. Yeah, you were. Baby, yeah. Well, man, not yeah, just miracle think, baby. Well, maybe we weren't, we wouldn't all either finger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. So... I'm so glad you are. Yeah. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Thank you. And you do quite well considering your birth story. Thank you. You really do. That's really, um... Thank you. Powerful. Thank you. That's Thank what you... you yeah. That takes a lot of soul. Thank you. Yeah, I do believe my soul came in here fighting, and I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to be here. <laughs> so. yes, that's right. And, um, I mean, because all that you've done and all that you can, you know, having both, you know, the hearing and the, and the, the eyesight issues mm -hmm. and so forth, and then you've gone and defied it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Thank you. That's, that's what we're all here to do in our yep. own way. Yeah. So, so yeah, so back to yes. So okay. you so you back realize to, that through this uh you had all these adverse reactions. So when did oh, you Oh and one more thing. Yeah. It's known back known and admitted by the sources many years ago that mycoplasma of some sort was in at least six percent of all the shots. Wow. And it's known too because Lyme is real. Right. It really can come from a tick, although mine didn't. Right. Um, in Michigan, we never saw a tick. I saw some sand fleas oh, in the yeah. sand because of the water, but never ever saw a tick. Saw or was it created I on think it was Palm in Island. the tetanus shot. But just think of the diseased tissues that they brew these these jabs in. Just right. think. It's in diseased tissues. Oh, yeah, and yeah. If there's animal tissues, you got what the animal got, possibly. Right. But is it, I, was there any evidence of Lyme prior to Plum Island? I thought. Um, supposedly, okay. it was. Lime, but not so bad. And yeah. let's just say they helped it along. Okay. Like and it was not type right. Of... It, they, they didn't know how to test for it or really recognize it till like 75, 76. I think it was 75. Interesting. 1975. So it, it was, was pretty my... unrecognized. Right. And, yeah. Plum Island really. Yeah. It was my understanding it that it didn't really exist, at least in right. the literature prior to that. Right. So, and here's another okay. thing. Nobody ever got their dog's heartworm treatment. Right. I think that was made. I really do. Yeah. Because nobody, I mean, when I grew up, we had a dog, and I was always around dogs. So I love dogs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know anybody who ever, whose animal got heartworm, and right. we didn't give them their treatments. Right. So it's like when they claim something's genetic. It's just like when I was in, uh, it's another one of my points I was going to make later, yeah. so I'll say it now. 
when this whole thing, one of these inversions, yeah, is kind of an inversion where the you know the doctors will just default to hereditary or genetic, yeah, yeah, and when they can't explain it, sure. they're trying even things like heart conditions and diabetes and ADD, ADHD is the screwiest one of all. Oh yeah, because when okay when I was a kid, let's take elementary, junior high, and high school, mm -hmm. and we're talking sixties and mm -hmm. some of the 70s mm -hmm. um there was one chubby kid ever right there was one adhd kid ever and he could function well right very high functioning we didn't know of anybody with alzheimer's just a little senility if they got really old sure and hardly anybody had diabetes right so that means see that's this imperial what empirical knowledge that's right. my experience yeah better than anecdotal I don't need to be it's a meteorologist not, to tell you when it's raining. <laughs> yeah, you, you got know? it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not genetic. Right. I mean, you, somebody's could be, mm -hmm. but because of the increase, the, with the, the, the massive increase, that's not genetic. Right. I love the Maybe saying. Maybe epigenetics, but not Right. Genetic. I love the saying that uh, genetics uh, may load the gun, but epigenetics pulls the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that kind perfect. of. Yeah. Perfect. Right. So, so there may be guns loaded, but there's a right. whole lot of triggers being pulled now. Yes, definitely. One has to ask what changed. Why? Why have the numbers increased so much? Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Should so, I? Should I? Unless you have another point on that, should I hit the kind of a little list of inversions? Yeah. Before we do, though, mm -hmm. uh, should we discuss the oscillates and how you got into? Well, that's one of them. It's part of it. Okay. That's one of them. How or we could. I don't want to miss out on doing that, but I don't want to use up the time. Let me just, how about we do this? We'll run through the, just a list of inversions for people to go, oh, Okay, that one. let's and do that, that and then we'll circle and that back. One and that one, and like something to think about. Yeah. Which, if you look in my channel, I basically have playlists on all these topics. Okay, yeah. So we too. could just go boom, 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 and then jump on the toxic superfoods or okay. oxalates. Okay, yes, and the, the story behind it too. Okay. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> is really a story. Okay, which I have a video on. In my okay, video, yes. I'll say it now in case I forget. Yeah. I have a video called um, uh, Oxalates from tr um, to Toxic Superfoods Trojan Horses. Right. Yes. And the last time I was here, we compared the Trojan horse of something physical related to diet to like a politician. Yes. When something okay. comes in with great promises. Yes. And yeah. maybe even does some great things. There are but many what are they, they going to unload? Exactly. Once you trust them and let them in. Okay. I have a lot of those. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the biggest inversions mm -hmm. having to do with food, mm -hmm. which my vegan misinformation playlist covers that. Yes. Um, is it started with Kellogg in the right. Seventh-day Adventist Church. And again, like we said, I said before, I'm repeating, nothing against the Seventh-day Adventists of course, yeah. at all. They're very well-meaning people as a whole. Yeah. And I've known a lot of them. Yep. Okay. So... And I know a little more about them because I've known a lot of them besides studying a lot about religion and so forth. Sure. Um, so there was the Kellogg thing. Kellogg mm -hmm. was the guy who was basically transcribing mm -hmm. the the writings of a prophetess. Mm -hmm. who, and this is all linked to the Seventh-day Adventist church. And the biggest sin of all would have been self-pleasuring. Mm -hmm. or And actually the carnal, why they hated me, meat, not me meat mm. the the carnal thing of sex in general was really frowned upon even be mm. ultimately between husband and wife 
-hmm. Like, don't be too carnal mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? Right. And so they knew that um, not eating animal food mm -hmm. or and they didn't want to eat too many stimulants, either like coffee or tea or chocolate. Right. But that would make you less virile. Right. And they wanted you less virile. Less virile. You I know. did a whole episode with uh, Jay Gallinello on uh, Kellogg, the whole story behind that and how that changed. I think you the... said that. The last yeah. video that didn't work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think you said that. Yeah. Yes. So we did a, we did a deep dive on that. And mm -hmm. interestingly, the Battle Creek Sanitarium, Sanitorium, sanit sometimes they call them mm -hmm. sanatoriums, mm -hmm. sanitarium, um, that looks exactly like one of those Tartarian buildings. Yeah. Fascinating. That. Yeah. And it had a fire and then was rebuilt. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. So yeah. it's, it just makes them a little more suspicious. Sure. And then, well, anyway, then, um, so Lena Cooper mm -hmm. was the woman who was the, um, basically started our dietetics. Period. Right. You know, and, and I guess she ate eggs and, um, what is it? Eggs and dairy. Which okay. is rare. Some some Seventh Day Adventists will also eat some fish, but that's right. not that obedient. You know? Right. But either way, um, it was it was basically about not being too fleshly. Right. Period. This agenda with the veganism has been around for a very long time. So uh, even Plato, like this is going back a long, long time ago. Well, we could say to the garden, so to speak. We could. We but could. Plato talked about how uh, meat should be reserved for soldiers athletes and uh the uh elites because uh you know it would it would make them strong and adept and uh for everyone else they wanted to you know make them weak and docile so yeah, yeah just like uh well rome and the soldiers and, mm -hmm. and the glad who who got fed what mm -hmm. you know who got fed just the grains and egypt had terrible health and they were grain people right you know? And supposedly even the even the kings, not just the right. peasants, right? Right. Right. I think for them it was more of a religious thing, but yeah. It? So they all, that's kind of always thrown in there. Yeah. You know, like just like uh, the reason for the false, or let's just say the mistaken reason for being a vegan, thinking mm -hmm. it's better for the earth. Right. I didn't even write that one down <laughs> because the ruminant animals, right. you know, that really take care of the ground. And when they, when, you know, when they're eating and grazing and growing and they're keeping the soil good and keeping the water from all running off right. and so forth. And, you know, maintaining a field where all these other little animals can live too, that is ultimately better than stripping it down and growing crops. Of course. Especially monocrops, right? Yeah. So people think if you, I think, what's her name? Lear? Lear. What was her last name? A famous woman who, who really took up the what do you call it? The role of explaining monocropping versus pasture-raised animals. Mm. Lear Keith, I believe. Oh, yes, yeah, Keith, yeah. 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 And yeah. Um, it's that kind of thing. Just look up monocropping yeah. or look up her it's name. It's the opposite. It's, of, it's uh, the opposite. There's another inversion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the opposite of permaculture, which is where you it really builds its own mm -hmm. ecosystem. Um, I did an episode also with Rob Wolf. And he talks about the uh, inversion of the, the the climate lie and uh, surrounding meat and you how it's actually. You know, I did to my permaculture. I had oh. I used to have more, 
But because of the high oxalates and the mess it made on the ground, it mm. cut down a bunch of almond trees. I yeah, actually I planted telling, yeah. them as part of so-called prepping. <laughs> I thought, and I have hazelnut trees too, but I left them alone. They're not very big. Okay. And I'm just saying, yeah, I, you know, I, we were headed in that direction. Right. Just, you know, not living on a farm or anything. We were right. headed in that direction. Sure. And uh, I thought, well, I was probably wasn't going to eat them anyway now, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah they were beautiful and tough trees too. But yeah. What a mess it was. We had hundreds and hundreds of almonds just all over the yard, all can, over the all Oh, my the gosh. And yeah. they're kind of sharp and pointy. And years later, the ones that are we missed, the squirrels are still coming and eating. Because wow. they, they actually are that well-preserved. Wow. So That's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So this whole thing, the, the, I think the biggest inversion about diet is the, mm. the plant versus animal food. Mm -hmm. And the, the food pyramid, just flip it. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah. you, it was the four food groups when I studied in mm -hmm. college, and that was actually closer. Sure. Because it didn't it didn't have carbs and grains full of all this toxic stuff, you know, right. all these food toxins. It didn't have them as the big foundation that you sat on. Right. You know, every now and then you got to get up a little higher and have some animal food or some fat. Right. You know. <laughs> but um, let me see here. Okay. The, the whole vegan thing is often a elimination diet at first, right. like ours was. We actually did cure my husband's asthma, and it was like deathly asthma. It was oh. really bad. It was like I was passing out, and I thought he was going to do that at the wheel, right? Right. And because we got married in 82, so by 89, we were, I cured it. it oh. And we did it fast. We just did a lot of cleansing, and kind of you kind of fast more mm -hmm. if you're doing cleansing and so forth. Now, the, the, the toxins in the superfoods aren't enough to add up yet mm. when you're doing that. So you can have all the benefits from cleansing. And some of the people that are doctors that really help people do the more carnivore to heal, mm. or at least as an elimination diet, right. they call the vegan diet a fasting diet because you're not really getting your nutrients. Right. But they, you know, if it's, you're kind of fasting. You're fasting from heavier food and nutrients, and mm -hmm. it's... It's there just to be kind of temporary, and right. it has a purpose. Well, we cured my husband's asthma. He never had an asthma attack since, and we did it oh. in three months back in 89. Wow. So, and it was very handicapping. Sure. We've been ragtag for <laughs> yeah. quite a while. Necessity being the mother of invention, you know. Right. So then, but okay, so it worked for a while. Okay. And there was a lot of green juicing and stuff like that. Right. And then, as the years went on, we got fatter, not fat, fat. Mm -hmm. We got heavier, and um, and the the deficiencies came because mm -hmm. too many carbs in a vegetarian mm -hmm. diet. You can't possibly get away mm -hmm. from carbs. Right. I mean, you could do just nuts and seeds, but you're not even going to digest them that well. They're pretty hard right. to digest. So, but anyway, then eventually, my husband became a type two diabetic. Wow! And you know, he gained. Oh, quite a bit of weight. Mm -hmm. I gained some during menopause, mm -hmm. uh, but not not a huge amount. And um, we we just cured it by just going keto, and it cured really fast. Wow! And I used to worry about him. Like he used to pass out by driving off. I mean, he used to pass out like blink like a little bit while he was driving. And when oh. his tires would hit the side of the road, good thing he was mostly on a highway, right? Not an interstate, and his rocks would hit the. I mean, his tires would hit the rocks. Sure. He'd wake up. 
good. Always, when he left the house, I was always afraid, you know, he's going to make it home. Right. He kill himself. Is he going to kill someone else? It was really oh, scary. Yeah, that's very scary. And I remember one time he was on the kitchen floor and he just went boom, passed right out. Just passed oh, out. So, terrible. yeah, it was, it was, you can see that this is not a keto channel per se, but it is very, very emphasizing a very low carb diet. Mm hmm. And at this point, leaning more and more toward carnivore, at least mm -hmm. very meat-based. Right. So, so then there's, we could, I mentioned oxalates next on my list, but I'm going to okay. skip them. Yeah, and we'll quickly, because we'll, that we'll get right back to that. Okay. Okay. Then there's other BS about the microbiome. All the really good functional medicine doctors admit that they don't really know what's going on in there. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, they, they don't. of their they, own admission, it's like billions. So how could they know? Right, and like, should you have this great variety, or did that society, or does this yeah. society have that great variety? And so is variety good? And then some of them compete with each other, and then people take probiotics, but and if you take prebiotics, it might actually grow the wrong stuff. And even if you take probiotics, if you have SIBO or the 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 bacteria is too much, up too high, because this mold right. is supposed to be in the colon, right. it can make that worse. Right. And a lot of these prebiotics are really irritating to the guts. Too. Right. So the whole thing is like, they say you need fiber. Here's another one. The reason I want to bring this up. Mm -hmm. uh, fiber menace. Mm -hmm. Fiber stretches out your guts. Mm -hmm. And it's excess, not you can't handle some, but excess fiber is like putting too many vehicles on an already congested interstate. Right. And so the the fiber that's supposed to feed the colon to create to create the butyrate mm -hmm. for your fuel down there is they think it's necessary right but it's not because probably the people who have the most comfortable guts that i've ever talked to or researched are the carnivores interesting and it's an awesome elimination diet right where a lot of them will. I know, will consider. say, I think that that is very bio-individual because there are people who do not do well with carnivore because of the, the lack of fiber and felt better instantly when they had, yeah. Well, the fiber will yeah. stretch out the gut. Right. Of course, it's making it do this. Sure. So the beware or the warning is, are you creating leaky gut? Because right. it shouldn't be stretched that much. Sure. And once you've done anything even a laxative, like mm -hmm. even an herbal laxative, like senna or cascara sagrada, they work by irritating the colon. Right. And you can become dependent mm -hmm. and say, I can say, well, I can't go without it. Right. But yet it's because it irritated the colon mm -hmm. and then the colon got weaker. So mm -hmm. I, I think in that case, there's a possibility yeah. that um, they might be dependent on it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, things can change with time. Sure. I wouldn't draw a conclusion just after a quick experiment. Right. Yeah, I think you people know, are just, there's a lot of bio-individuality, so, you know, what works for one person is yeah. not necessarily going to be the same. Even at, the, even at different times, like what works for one yes. person might not work for them 10 years later or even three months later. Because we know. change. Exactly. And getting older at least. Yeah. Right. And so the, the thing is, you can get all the butyrate you need just by mm -hmm. eating it, you know, by the animal fat. Right. Period. Right. So that's another thing where you need fiber. You know, someone right. personally might need it right. according to their personal life. Right. But as a rule to put it, make it like a nutritional rule. Right. No, I, we I don't need fiber. Yeah. yeah. You know, period. Okay. Um, okay. okay. So, oh, here's a huge, uh, not necessarily inversion, but it's a half-truth semi-inversion. Okay. Okay. 
you know how they'll say that there's all this vitamin A in the plant food and, you know, mm-hmm. right? And there's even like omega-3 in flax or hemp or chia. Mm-hmm. Hemp and chia are horrible as far as content of oxalates, not flax. Right. But anyway, the, the omega-3, right? Well, these are pre-vitamins. The fatty acids are considered vitamin F. Okay. They actually got it from fatty acid. But that's okay. kind of like old-time nutritionists. You, might, you probably won't hear vitamin F. Right, right, right. Just like you don't hear B17. Right, right, right. So the, um, anybody want to tell me how we're doing on time so uh, that? Yes, I think we're. Are we halfway we through or are about, we beyond that? Okay. Yeah. So the pre, it's a pre-vitamin. The vitamin A that comes from plants mm-hmm. is at best, if you have good guts, maybe 5 or 10% converted to the retinol or palmitate, the, mm-hmm. to, converted to the type that mimics what you got from animals. Mm-hmm. Which is the one you actually need to use. Not that there isn't some antioxidant quality in the carotenes right. from the plants. Okay, so but people think they're reaching for the bottle of beta carotene. They think they're getting vitamin A. Not really. Right. Not really. Not effectively. No. And the other one is like the, the, the people who use, you know, flax or hemp oil mm-hmm. instead of like fish oil or fish mm-hmm. or animal fat for their omega-3s. They have no clue unless you tell them no clue that... Almost none of that is converted into EPA and DHA. Mm. So it's, there's just such huge misinformation. Mm-hmm. So Why is it not converted? Because it's, it's not the same. It's not, it's not currently it's, EPA and DHA. Your body has to try to convert it right. by changing the molecule. And it's very inefficient, mm. like maybe another 5 or 10% oh, wow. efficiency. Okay. So, and then those, those plant fats happen to have omega-6 so if the omega-3 didn't get converted to be used then the ratio becomes and then the ratio is even worse right right so i try to kind of discourage people from from using those things the the flax and the hemp oil and stuff Mm -hmm. like that right as their supplement and then we're everybody for the most part even a lot of uh carnivores are probably getting too much omega-6 because it comes from the, either the pig or the chicken or the turkey, mm-hmm. or the, the animals that aren't ruminants, essentially, right. that it, that you have to feed something other than what they'd get out in the wild. And then it's often these seeds that are really high in omega-6, and it it stays in their flesh. Right. And it's um, this was another one of my inversions here, or topics. Uh, one of the toxins in superfoods is omega-6, because... You'd have to almost eat exclusively ruminant meat to just get the right amount or the moderate amount of mm-hmm. omega-6 because they have a little. Right. And all their fat's not saturated like some people think. But right. um, you'd have to um, or take extra to have the ratio right mm-hmm. if you're eating a lot of chicken and, and turkey. Or even pigs because, you know, you can get rid of a dead body by throwing it at the pigs, Right. So, I mean, they'll eat anything, you know. Yes. I don't know yes, if I'd want to eat a pig. That, I think it was yesterday. It's yeah. A, yeah. 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 We were just talking about that. That's pretty disturbing to think about, but yeah. You know, one of the people the other day, I said, well, you know, if you, if you have, you know, preps at home, don't tell your neighbors unless they're really close friends and you trust them mm-hmm. because they're going to know where to try to come and get it and you might have to defend it. Mm-hmm. You know, I told them what my husband said to the neighbor across the street. Kind of like one of those no soul people. 
say. You know, she, she doesn't live there anymore. She, she's, okay. she wasn't awful or anything, but she said, well, if the stuff hits the fan, I'm coming to your house. And he said, no, you're not, because if you come here, I'm going to shoot you, cut you up, and feed you to my dogs. Oh. And I told this lady that story. He was joking. Yeah, yeah. But she laughed. Right, right. But the point is, don't be a freeloader. You know, we're, 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 we're preparing for hard times right. or unexpected times or even just horrible weather events or whatever. Right. And why should I be your welfare system when you're out there having a good time right. and doing other things with your time and right. your money? Why should you come take mine? Right. Or maybe I have better loved ones I want to help with it or mm-hmm. share, share with it. So anyway, I told this story to this lady who said, Oh, no problem. In my house, I have pigs. And we all get it because right, there would be right. nothing left of a dead body. My point is pigs will eat anything. Right. And even if they're organic, they probably ain't no better than a chicken as far as omega-6 mm-hmm. goes. They're probably getting a lot of that. Right. And beef, too, the, unless it's uh, grass-fed, doesn't have the same kind of... It has better, better ratio if it's grass-fed, but still way better than sure. the fowl. Yeah. Better than food and I remember came this from a last bird. time you were saying though that uh, eggs are still great because it's only uh, even if they're eating feed, it's only one day. It's twenty four hours. Worth. Yeah, right. In the flesh, yeah. the problem with omega six, which I was going to make a point later about toxins and superfoods, are being very inflammatory. Right. But next to oxalates, or or even almost like it's weaker little sister as far as being insidious, is it like the half life is years. Mm-hmm. I've heard it quoted at, at four years, but we can't know for sure because it depends on your body. Right. But the point is it takes a long time to get that wow. out of your system. That's a long time. So those two are the most insidious. Right. I, I know I've heard that with the seed oils. Yeah, that's the, the point because of the oxidized omega-6. Right. right, right. And all the theories uh, on my vegan misinformation play this all the theories from the doctors about how the, it may have actually made us more susceptible to diabetes and so forth yeah there's a lot of evidence to indicate that right. yeah and skin cancer yeah anything yeah. anything that goes wrong right right okay let me go on okay. and see what my next yeah. more okay here's a huge one well this one's less huge i'll save the more huge one okay the vitamin c right so mm-hmm. the vitamin c mm-hmm. in excess can yeah. easily turn to oxalates and increase mm-hmm. your oxalates. Right. And there's people going for 1,000, 2,000, and getting these shots and so forth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember one of, I don't want to say his name, but one of the doctors once said that the people, some of the people went for the um, intravenous uh, vitamin C came back with scurvy. Oh. It's usually synthetic anyway, because most vitamin C right. is made from like, cornstarch and sulfuric acids that, I know. you know and then real vitamin c even meat has some vitamin c but they didn't count that or measure it when they right. measured meat for vitamin. they just kind of just said eh, it doesn't have it because they never checked but there's some because the animal had to have it in their flesh right because a lot of animals make it we mm-hmm. don't yeah you know and so they had to have it in their flesh so anyway mm-hmm. back to the when vitamin C is trying to get in your cells, if there's a sugar molecule and all carbs essentially are sugar, mm-hmm. uh, it'll blot, it'll interfere and it'll probably go in the receptor instead of the vitamin C. Hmm. So people, here people eating a lot of carbs mm-hmm. and taking vitamins, a lot of vitamin C, probably increasing their oxalates from it. Mm-hmm. And, and then 
the carbs are interfering. And I think that's one of the secrets to why the carnivores can do so well by not taking vitamin C, mm -hmm. is they're not taking something to interfere with it. Right. And that was kind of linked to, um, or no, it wasn't linked to, but here's, here's another, it's a, it's a pretty, you know, you hear about these people all doing the protein smoothies. Oh, I hate that fad. Mm -hmm. All the, you know, the pro, the rate, the ways to rate protein and its efficiency or bioavailability to build your mm -hmm. body. Right. At the top is actually eggs. Actually right. in the albumin, it's 600 amino acids. Wow. So is it the finest protein? I mean, the finest animal food, not necessarily. It depends on what its purpose is for, mm -hmm. but eggs are at the top. And then after that, it's uh, meat and fish. Then after that, dairy is next most efficient and probably the best number for the efficiency for the plant-based proteins, even if you digested them and it wasn't bound up in a bunch of cellulose, mm -hmm. is 17%. And so, yeah, it's, so people are under the impression that as long as they're buying protein or getting a protein powder or something, right. and they think it's so healthy to put the fruit with a high fructose in it, and in, in some protein powder, mm -hmm. minus the fat, when you eat protein and you don't eat fat with it, because in nature it always comes with fat. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little exception with the bean, just a mm -hmm. little bit. But right. um, then your body tends to take the protein, turn it to sugar and burn it as fuel because fat is protein sparing. Mm -hmm. well, because you can burn the fat. Fat is just, if it you eat protein without fat. I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily so much protein sparing. Because you can burn it, it. It slows down your di digestion. Well, if you're eating fat, you're eating protein. Which one do you want to burn for you fuel? Burn. You want to burn fat. Well, I guess it depends. And Not there are everybody... times when protein, yeah. you know, like uh, Dr. Richard Bernstein, mm -hmm. he's on my low carb for diabetes channel. Mm -hmm. He says that for a lot of the diabetics, he wants them a little higher in protein. So he doesn't call his diet a ketogenic diet, even right. though it's essentially the same amount of carbs uh, or lack thereof. He wants people to have more protein. I think it's so then they can slowly even break the protein down mm -hmm. to protect their blood sugar level, especially right. if they're taking insulin. Sure. So that would serve a purpose. Yeah. And if nature made us that way, I'm sure it has a purpose. Right. And we can even break our own protein down to survive. This is true. Right. Yeah. So therefore, the fat, if you are taking inadequate fat as nature made it, right. you can burn that and, you know, maybe burn less protein when you shouldn't so that you can mm -hmm. save more protein to build you. Yes. Which sure. reminds me of the zinc thing. Okay. And the quercetin. Um, in Sally's book. Yes. Did we hold that up yet? In yes. This video? Okay. Yes. I think you did in the beginning. Yeah. In Sally's yes. book. Now, this is her word for it. I can't mm -hmm. prove it. Okay. And her quercetin actually helps to, I, I should have found the page for you. Mm -hmm. It actually helps to, um, it, it damages the cell wall. And I'm thinking, is that how it gets the zinc in the cell? Yeah, it is. It's, and the uh, thing is, Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it is. It's, you know, they just act like, oh, it's a nice little escort. It just opens up the door and it's harmless and it just lets the zinc in. But did you happen to find it? Um, well, this is where she talks about quercetin. So I'd have to find the exact. Uh, I had page, I had mine but, marked, but I moved my marker. Um, yeah. Well, we can keep going yeah. if I find yeah. it. Yeah, so, um, but you know what I tell people? It's okay. First of all, if there's, 
if there are high oxalate mm -hmm. superfoods that are medicinal and right. you want to use them short term, mm -hmm. I would do that. Right. I just don't want to use them chronically. So you know, I just don't want to use them all the time. All the time. This yeah. is what she says. Quercetin, a plant pig pigment flavonoid found in onions, green tea, and other foods, is a popular health supplement that disrupts cell membranes, yet falsely shows up as beneficial, owing to inaccurate research methods. Similarly, a review of research <clears throat> on turmeric and its extract curcumin emphatically observed, quote, no double-blinded placebo-controlled clinical trial of curcumin has been successful, Parentheses found beneficial effects, end quote. The authors point out that curcumin is an unstable in biological setting and are highly critical of volume of inclusive research, explaining that cautionary research reports of toxic effects and ineffectiveness appearing, appear to have been swept away in the torrent of papers, reviews, patents, and websites touting the use of curcumin. One of the cautionary reports observed the fact that curcumin is a common dietary constituent is not enough to prove its safety, as other common dietary constituents, such as beta-carotene, have shown toxicity when used in dietary supplements. The body limits curcumin absorption, and the liver quickly degrades it, treating curcumin like a toxin. It's a good thing that our digestive tract and liver detoxify curcumin unless taken with black pepper, yeah. as is now recommended. <laughs> And that's why really high oxalates too. It has pipe. It, she didn't say it's here, but the reason yeah, they recommend yeah. the black pepper is because it has a piperine in it, mm -hmm. which increases bioavailability by two hundred percent. She doesn't say that, but that I, I happen to know that. And it's now recommended because curcumin otherwise would likely cause DNA damage and reversible infertility. Well, it's good to know that it's reversible. And here's uh, here's the thing. This is yeah. more empirical. Yeah. Okay. You need zinc to build the protein in your body, right. period. It's responsible for many things. We wouldn't exist if we didn't get the zinc in our cells without quercetin. Right. There, we would fall apart. Mm -hmm. So what do we, and the thing is, did we all, whether for hundreds or th however old societies are, did they always have to take probiotics and quercetin? Right. You know, it, it's like, just stop and think. You know, that's what I'm, not you, right. but I mean, people in general. Well, I, I mean, how did we ever get along without quercetin? Right. And well, I've, I have seen zinc work without it. Okay. I've seen where, okay, someone, you know, like has meningitis and they can't get better. They take a bunch of zinc and they got better. Or they just, the zinc that can tip the scales when you mm -hmm. can't nudge something better. Right. That's before anybody took it with quercetin back then. Quercetin was, if it was used, used for allergies. Right. Not that. Well, I would just, I would caveat it by saying a lot of these supplements that people are using and probably even that they're doing the studies on are uh, synthetic or if they're not synthetic, they're, they have fillers with them, binder, like fillers in mm -hmm. the supplements. Yeah, the other so, parts of the pill. Yeah, so I think that that is a factor. It's worth noting. I, I think you, you brought up like, you know, ancient man who prior to supplement industry, um, oftentimes, I mean, if they were getting quercetin, it was going to be... It would be in the food. Yeah, exactly. Right. With all the tea in China and so forth, because it's, exactly. it's in the tea. Right. Yeah. It's in grapefruit seed extract, yeah. which is a fantastic germ killer. Yeah. And cleanser, and disinfectant. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? And it's in there. Yep. So when people really want it, if there's no... Remember, quercetin, nobody could find, get quercetin for a while because of COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's in the grapefruit seed extracts. Yeah. You know? Or in the tea. But mm -hmm. my point was, it's obvious that 
that our bodies and our protein can be built without it. Right. And we need the zinc for that. So the zinc's kind of working. Mm -hmm. I'm just, my whole, what I'm trying to stress is people need to think. Mm-hmm. And just try to think th- things through. Right. And constantly absorb observe and take in data so that when more data comes in, and I call it just you make a good off. guess. Right. Because you have... you a conjecture. You yeah, right. Because you have to make choices constantly. Mm-hmm. And to make a good choice, you have to make a good guess. Right. Right. All, whether you like it or not. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, here's another... Let me get another one. Okay, another one is salt versus potassium yeah. salt being blamed for high blood pressure and i know you love salt too <laughs> yeah and you have plenty of salt in your home and yes. so forth yes and we're, lots of salt and i i have the uh, element links that are below i use the those elements, uh, yeah the electrolyte. element yeah electrolytes which have salt yeah go ahead tagline stay salty yep this the is salting. this is an excellent book and yeah. i have a whole entire salt playlist awesome so salt right. can raise your blood pressure a little bit Mm-hmm. But high blood pressure is usually from low potassium, not high salt. Yeah. Because they kind of, they're like a seesaw. And I was know? telling you, I meant to find this for you, but Dr. Andrew Kaufman has been talking about uh, how salt get blame, gets blamed for high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And what he's found is that he thinks it's actually a dehydration issue, which would make sense because salt... Usually when they claim you have high blood pressure, they tell you to abstain from salt. Mm-hmm. And salt is what helps you to retain uh, fluid. So That's right. It gives you blood volume. Volume, exactly. It gives you enough blood so it can be pumped so up to your head and you're not dizzy. Right. And and not have to raise the pressure to get it there. Yeah, exactly. It's so ironically, it's simple. I, it, lowering salt can actually increase the, it, theoretically, yeah. based on that. But yeah, he Another was saying inversion. that he thinks it's, yeah. Exactly. That, that's literally an inversion, yeah. Right. So just, if you're worried about it, take more potassium. And the only exception that I know of from any doctor that I've studied under about potassium is if you have, like, fourth stage kidney disease. Mm. Those are the people. Sure. Not just a little kidney disease, but if you're really, really, really bad, then you have to limit your potassium. Right. Okay. Other than that, those kidneys say, okay, out with this, out with that, you know. Right. Okay, too it's much of this, go. Yeah, that's their job. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. to keep keep them doing their job. So if they're good, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about excess potassium. Right. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I'll have to find that clip for you from Calvin, but he thinks it's dehydration. <laughs> and, and people have no clue because the pills are 99 milligrams that we're supposed to, according to the standards, we're supposed to have 4,700 milligrams of potassium as an adult, you know, when they mm-hmm. give you a target number. Right. Kind of. And it's much less for calcium and magnesium. Right. And salt's way up there, but potassium's way, way up there. And then that depends on your activity and your sweat and so forth. Mm -hmm. Okay. What else is... Okay, everything having to do with hormones, Mm -hmm. cholesterol, saturated fat. This is vegan versus animal again, you know, is... Well, I mean, the whole cholesterol study, the saturated yeah. fat study, was was funded by the sh- the sugar industry. It's all phony. Yeah, it really is. It's literally like fraudulently yeah. um, promoted, and it was funded by the sugar industry. So. And the and the people that are so suckered into taking the the and this is not the medical statins. advice. Taking that, yeah, the statins. It's terrible. You can't with that. Okay, our body makes about seventy percent of the cholesterol that we need. Mm-hmm. We need it to build the brain, yeah. every cell membrane, and and the sex and adrenal hormones. Yes. Period. Yeah. 
And we have to eat some to have enough. Yes. Some of my own empirical evidence is back when we were ruining our health by being a vegetarian for 20 years, mm -hmm. a ton of which was vegan. I did check my cholesterol and it was extremely low. Mm. And back then we didn't know that was bad. Yeah. We just thought, so oh this, good, this it's not high cholesterol. Interesting. I, I don't remember what the age was, but I want to say uh, after 55, but there was a study done and uh, the people who had higher cholesterol lived the later in, Yeah, they yes, lived for longer. Sure. I've read that many, many people that actually observe group, people that live around the world yeah. and who eats how much. Absolutely, the people who have the highest bad cholesterol yeah. live the longest. So this is... A, and it's... It's a lipoprotein. It's just a carrier. Exactly. And what is, what's interesting is it gets demonized, but what it does is it actually carries toxins. So it helps to export toxins. That's a, it's, it's, it's literally a, a cleanup mechanism. Yeah, it's a truck or a yeah, boat. Right, exactly. Right. And actually, you can't get your fat-soluble vitamins, including vitamin F, which is like omega-3 too. Right. right? Not 32, 3 also. Right, right. Um, you can't get them in your cells without it. Yeah. Awesome. So So... People's muscles dissipate, yeah. their libido goes, their yeah. testosterone is shot, yeah. their brain isn't right on, on these uh, cholesterol-preventing drugs. It's yeah. just a shame. Yeah, there's and, a huge correlation they're showing to uh, things like dementia and uh, yeah. Alzheimer's. And, yeah. and also in the people who are vegans and with all their, mm -hmm. their, their eventual deficiencies, they're not getting enough. And they're, they're, it kind of shows. I don't want to insult anybody. Sure. I mean, after all, I was one, you know. Right. I would right. certainly understand. Yeah. And, and it, again, you know, there's always outliers. There, yeah. there are people in all parts of the world where, you know, they have dif different types of diets. and Or just live. glad to have food. Uh, yeah. Well, and there are people who live, you know, very long, healthy lives and they are on vegan diets. So it's... Maybe you know, they're better at making their own cholesterol. They, they might be. Maybe they're yeah. that outlier. Well, I yeah. think actually what I've found, I would have to go back and look at the study, but I think a lot of these areas, they uh, tended to be people who lived in closer to the equator, got a lot of sunlight. This was less uh, less industrialized uh, regions of the world, so they're outside so they have that in advantage. the sun. Um, and vitamin D is a great uh, transporter and you know cofactor for a lot of other um, vitamins. And, and maybe they got and, more of it. Because right. without saturated fat, your gallbladder, that's what stimulates yeah. this gallbladder to squeeze, right. the saturated fat. Yeah. And without that, without cholesterol and saturated fat, your bile's not going to work. Right. Period. So well, then a lot of those regions, the, they uh, have a lot of coconut, which is a saccharin. It is a sat. At yeah. least they have that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. A, yeah. I haven't. The, the, I just remember reading them, just collecting data points and remembering them. Yeah. Collecting dots, throw, them so. out, throw them out there. Yeah. It's great. Um, so the... To, for the bile to be expressed mm -hmm. out of the gallbladder so it doesn't get sludgy or, you know, form big stones. Right. It, you need saturated fat to stimulate it. Right. So there's this quandary that some people get in where they say, okay, I'm going to go more fat-based, less right. carbs, or more animal-based, or animal and fat and less carbs. And then they have a problem digesting that extra fat, or fat period. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you're setting, this is another, I don't know if it's an inversion, but it's kind of a half truth or okay. screw up, is yeah. you're setting up the um, gallbladder okay. to not be able to handle the fat when you didn't eat that type of fat. 
because um, it's that very saturated fat that makes that gallbladder squeeze it out. Right. It's a stimulant to so squeeze the, it out. The gallbladder muscles are atrophy, I would it, imagine. It somehow stimulates the gallbladder to right. express it, to let the bile out. And the bile, without bile, you can't digest that vitamin D yeah, that's or true. any of the fats, A, D, E, or K, or, you know, the, the omegas, you know, right. you can't, you can't even utilize. I think that's why people are so low in vitamin D because people's digestion is a mess. It is a mess. Really a mess. Yeah. Because I, I hear it, you know, I, yeah. it's really a mess. It is a mess. I, I think a lot of that is all the toxins. Um you know, I think it does. I know we don't know that much about the, the gut brain axis and we mm -hmm. don't know that much about the microbiome, but we do know uh, the results. We can measure that. And I think a lot of the uh, pesticides, the, you know, the geoengineering, the, the toxic foods, the fake foods, you know, uh, all the preservatives, I think it's altering that and that's affecting people's digestion. Hey, what if it doesn't matter what we eat? We can blame it all on the chemtrails. Maybe that's the whole problem. Maybe we should be able I to eat white crackers and, and tap water and it'd be just fine. If it, Who knows how much it's affecting us? I, I have a feeling it's definitely affecting us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's all of it, but... I, My husband's like a canary in the cone mine. He can go out there and like, like feel it. Feel yeah. breathing it when the, when it's really Some bad. Some people are very sensitive to it, I, and then, and then other people will deny it even exists. And I just at this point I laugh at them because I I just can't. If they I'm can't, like, just look, look up. up. Just look up. Really, it's... we we watched them substantially since 1993. Yeah, I I know it's a, I. I don't remember this guy looking like that when I was a kid, you know? No. So it's just it's ludicrous to me. I've, I've had serious arguments with people who I would otherwise think are very intelligent, astute, uh, you know, aware people who just can't wrap their heads around the fact that they're, the sky has changed and no, they're not contrary. And someone who was <laughs> very Catholic and believed that only God controlled the weather. Right. The man, it's like, yeah, okay, but man's interfering a lot. And anyway, she didn't believe me about chemtrails. She used to work for me. Okay. Excellent person. But okay. she, she did not believe me. She thought it was a little sacrilegious to mm -hmm. say that to people say. were doing that with the weather and so forth. Well, it is sacrilegious. She, she came back to me and said, you were right. Oh, wow. You really so that. That was a lot for her to handle. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. That's you, Rachel, if you're listening. Aww. <laughs> Well, that was very, very big of you to acknowledge and to apologize. Often, very rarely do you get that. You know, yeah. I feel like a lot of times as a quote-unquote well, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorist, like it's very rare. Like people will acknowledge that you're right, but it's very rare to actually have somebody come and say, you know, no, I she's was a wrong good person. And, yeah, right? exactly. So yeah, she's honest. Yeah, we can be wrong, but honest. Totally. You know, we're all wrong somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely for sure. We're yeah. wrong. I'm definitely wrong about a lot of things. I'm <laughs> you know, constantly. So. That's why I'm an information junkie. Yeah. So, and so I, we can learn. I want the advantage of the information. Exactly. Because if I don't need it, someone else might need it. Right. And that kind of kind of comes down to my motto in life: life is precious. Mm -hmm. Act like it. That's exactly. What, life is precious, so treat it that way. Yeah. It either is or it isn't. Yeah. You know. I, oh, you, I talk about that all the time. I use that in my speech a lot. You know, we're all a miracle, li literally. Yeah. We were oh, born really. in four four hundred quadrillion chance of being born. Really? Yeah. One in four hundred quadrillion. That's what scientists have determined. It's a very long algorithm, like a, a sorry long. Tell me about equation. that tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's and a long Charles equation, Stitt. but they've figured out that you know that's what they've estimated. One in four hundred quadrillion. So we're literally all miracles 
you and I definitely defeat defied odds extra. to be here. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I always tell people, you, you should act like it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know that part about yeah. you should act like it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, and then the voice gets different. Life is precious. So act like it. You know? Right. It's yeah. like, come on, get off your butt. Yeah. Care a little. You exactly. Know? Be grateful. So I think if there are if there are people who don't have actual souls or they have like mm -hmm. a group soul. Mm. I had a dog like that once. I felt like her soul was like grouped with other dogs. I didn't sense her own. She was kind of ghosty anyway. Ooh. But if the if so, those are the ones that won't necessarily act like it. Right. Because you just it. Some people just don't have that profound love for to protect the benevolent or the innocent. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of floating. Right. The NPCs. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Like that neighbor across the street who said she's coming to our house. Right. My husband said, no, you're not. No. <laughs> no, not. Uh -uh. But then again, there's vulnerable people that we know oh. that we would bring stuff to. Of course. It's different. Yeah. You know, it's respect. Yeah. You know. So, the, so anyway, the gallbladder yeah. fat yeah. thing is huge. Yeah. And it's like you just when people who are vegans tell you what their maladies are and want some help for it, it's like it's obviously... Because you're really not eating it, the thing that makes that work. Right. It's clear. It's huge. Yeah. So my vegan misinformation playlist takes care of that really okay. well. Okay. Great. It's, you know, pretty extensive. Yeah. And then my, I had a friend I, actually really recently tell me that, uh, and this person was a vegan for a very long time, and not for, not because she bought into any, like, propaganda or anything, but mm -hmm. really because just couldn't emotionally deal with you know eating animals and mm -hmm. i get that you know um it's, it's not a judgment but apparently for health reasons has started eating meat and it made a huge i difference. hear that i hear it all the time you do yeah right and you know we can kind of blame john robbins and bernard jensen charles and i can okay. for this that vegetarian era we had in uh, our lives right. because we believed it was for health. We didn't do sure. it for planet per se. Right. But then once you, I've talked to a lot of vegans who can't bring themselves to eat meat and they want yeah. to bring themselves sure. to eat. They're grossed out. Yeah. I was I've heard there. That too. I was there where I couldn't imagine putting flesh in my mouth again. Right. But the thing is, like, you and I were wired differently than mm -hmm. a lot of people when we were kids because we had struggles or truth seeking or mm -hmm. we had sleuthing to do or whatever, right? right. Um, but the the people that weren't just they're not wired that way. Right. And right now kids are being wired by this phone in their face. We had the advantage of not having that. Yes. And actually having real music and not right. all digital music. We you know Yes. And then, you know, then there are people that had advantages that we didn't have. But sure. the point is, you know, we've had that advantage. We had a reason to dig. Yes. And a, a lot of people haven't. Yeah. And I, I think some personalities like are divergent. They're just more likely to reject kind of group thought mm -hmm. or, you know, to question things. Yeah. Let me make sure we cover. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. The other one is I mentioned the last time the fructose thing. Oh, yes. Okay. Fructose, I remember when agave was so popular, but it's mostly right. fructose. Right. And I wondered why, why do a lot of people, including me, get their stomach upset from it? You know, anyway, uh, but agave and honey are praised, in, you know, or especially honey nowadays. Mm -hmm. And it's high in fructose. And I'm not talking about necessarily the sugary fructose, you know, high fructose corn syrup drinks and all that. I'm just talking about too much fructose, even from diet, because our fruit 
that's in the grocery stores mm -hmm. or even the ones we go buy at a garden supply shop. Mm -hmm. They're very much hybrids, even if they're not genetically modified per se. Selective breeding like a poodle can come from ultimately from a wolf. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's just how that thing bred mm -hmm. rather than did they splice a gene in right. to create a poodle. It's kind of the same where in nature, your fruit would only be in season. If you're near the equator, everything's different. Yeah. Right, and they get more sun there too, so maybe everything yeah. works better. But the sun is also there to charge your battery, yeah. so to speak, not just the vitamin D. But right. um, and yeah, you can feel it. You totally Definitely. can feel. I can it. go outside tired, go do a bunch of work outside, and come back in less tired. Oh yeah, just sure. from the sun. Absolutely. So anyway, the what was I saying about? I'm you're trying to cover a lot of fruit, fructose, <laughs> yeah, fructose and honey, and so the fructose can't just like glucose or other sugars can't just like go in your muscles and just be burnt up, you know, okay. peel it off, run it off, walk around a lot. Okay. And it pretty much mostly goes to your liver and what the liver can't use easily turns to liver fat. Right. So yeah, it's low glycemic, but I kind of rather have, personally, I'd rather have the chance of it being glucose and mm. burning it off by activity rather than storing it as fat in my liver. So that's another thing where, you know, it's, oh, it's natural. It's right. honey, if it's real honey. You know, or, oh, I just mm -hmm. ate fruit. It's natural sugar. In our blood, mm -hmm. I don't even have a note on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh -huh. In our blood, if we're not diabetic, right. and not if we don't have high blood sugar at all, mm -hmm. we're supposed to have about a teaspoon of blood per average adult size. It's about a in a gallon and a half of blood. Mm -hmm. well, how many teaspoons are in an apple? A lot, mm, yeah. four or five, depending yeah. on the size and the sweetness of the apple. So mm -hmm. I'm saying it's just way more than should be in our blood at one time. They think that carbs are a necessary nutrient. Mm -hmm. Now, like Sally Norton says, mm -hmm. in toxic superfoods, there are some people whose metabolism has been affected enough right. that they might still need some carbs because their metabolism was damaged by the oxalates or something. Okay. And so she herself has to eat a tiny bit of carbs on some days just before bed and she said never start your metabolism that way mm. i wouldn't either if i was eating carbs but the um your liver is making glucose all mm -hmm. day and it can unless you have a terrible liver disease your liver can in a certain terrible liver disease it can make that glucose easily just to keep a teaspoon in your blood mm. so we have to think in perspective i mean people's jaws drop when i say do you know how much is in there compared to what's supposed to be in your blood? <laughs> it's hugely different. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, fructose may not go directly into your blood, but then your liver has to deal with it. And that's one thing that most people don't know about, about fructose. Interesting. Um, and then, let's see here. I did not bring up chlorine dioxide. However, uh -huh. I have a playlist on it, and it's almost completely censored off. Okay. But some good places to go look for. And I know you and Dr. Merritt talk about it. We do. And yeah. so forth. We, um, we're not making any recommendations, but right. But if should anyone, investigate it. If anyone's going to give information on it, two easy access player mm -hmm. places mm -hmm. are andreaskelker.com, K-A-L-C-K-E-R. Okay. And um, the Universal Antidote. And I think they mm. got kicked off YouTube, but they are on Rumble. Okay. And they do a really good job. Do they? Okay. If you want to use water purification drops, which is what they legally legally are. Right, right. 
but your doctor in the U.S. dare not prescribe it, and we dare not officially publicly it. tell someone how to use it. Yes. But, but, but I used it for myself for the Lyme, and it worked quite well. Okay. When a Lyme literate doctor didn't for like a year and nine months. The first day on it was better than a whole year and nine months. Wow. But you, But binders make a difference. Like yeah. zeolite or bentonite clay or something. Binders make a difference to mop up the toxins mm -hmm. from whatever parasite you're killing off. Right. That's huge. Yeah. And I think most of those things you take, you know, about if it's like a parasite formula or something or MMS or whatever, not telling people how to do it. Yeah. Um, whenever you take something to kill something, yeah. Even if it were antibiotics or antifungals, it's a really good idea to ha take binders sure. to mop up their waste matter. Because when their dead bodies are suddenly croaking really right. quickly, it's not the normal amount of a little bit coming out at a time right. as they die and regrow. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So. And on top of so they're releasing toxins, but then you're also leaving the toxins that they're feeding off of. So Right. Yeah. So you have a lot of toxins that... Because they were okay. mopping up your toxins. Exactly. Yeah, and then so. who knows how much of that is the toxins in them when they die. And they, exactly. That they let back out. Right. They're like little garages. Yeah. yeah. And then they, they also release toxins when they die. So Yeah. Yeah, so the binders are great. Activate, activated charcoal. Activated charcoal, bentonite clay. I think zeolite's the best. No, chlorophyll's awesome. Chlorophyll, I yeah. still use spirulina for chlorophyll, mm -hmm. or only organic. Um because I've seen what chlorophyll does, even on animals, and that's sure. no placebo effect when it works Very on animals who have been aware poisoned. Of what you're giving yeah. them, yeah. Yeah, because we had that animal poisoning too. But yeah, um, I think I mentioned that in the last video, mm -hmm. but I'm not even going to take too long to go there right now. Yeah. But yeah, chlorophyll is a chelator essentially. Yeah. Because if it comes up to a toxic molecule, it actually grabs on and changes it. Yes. So it's nice to. I like both. You mm -hmm. know, especially because that. The unique thing about chlorophyll, it can go all the way to your brain and right. work on it there. Yeah. Where zeolite and the other binders work mostly by what's been put back into your guts and yes. trying to get out. Exactly. And uh, Corella, they use for cancer patients often. So Again, not medical advice, but it's worth looking into. Yeah. And the biggest difference between it and spirulina is it has, it, like the difference between zeolite and bentonite clay, chlorella has a cage shape yes. where it kind of traps. That's yeah. why they have to bust that cell wall. Yes. So you can digest it, where spirulina does not. So that's why chlorella is a little more expensive. Mm -hmm. And then um, the zeolite is the is the volcanic ash, like bentonite clay, mm -hmm. but hit the ocean. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it works like clay on steroids because mm -hmm. it also formed a literal cage-shaped yeah. molecule. So it not only attracts it to pull it out, but it traps it. Right. I do have a link also, actually, for spirulina and uh, corella. Yeah, I've I've taken those like most of my life. So my mom was really a huge fan of. Well, good. Uh, Maybe corella. that's part of your secret. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I yeah. there were definitely a long time where I didn't take it, but growing up, she would always give it to me. So yeah, it's the energy bits, and I have a link to that as well. Well, well maybe you should discount. put it at the bottom. Yeah, of, it's yeah. at the bottom, so it'll yeah. be there for them. And we um. Uh, we've done when my, well, I guess I will say when my dogs were poisoned um, by some neighbors, mm -hmm. another neat, clean, older couple that you would mm -hmm. never know on the outside. They were just busy bodies, and if it, mm -hmm. if if an animal so much looked at them wrong through the fence, they they would poison. They they confessed that if animals got in their yard, they poisoned them. Oh. And there were a lot of animals in that neighborhood poisoned. 
and it wasn't because it was a trash neighborhood. It was just evil people. And so they, um, they poisoned my dogs by spraying stuff in the yard that was poisoned, like Agent Orange. He used to brag about getting a hold of chemicals like that. And my dogs, excuse me, had symptoms like Agent Orange. And we were able to deet the two big dogs, more shepherds again, Mm -hmm. and we had one little one. The two big dogs were able to um, live to be full life, but it took four years of hardcore detox till their outside didn't look kind of like a gory mess. Wow. Anyway, the two main things we detoxed with were chlorophyll and dandelion, actually, at the time, dandelion root. But massive doses of chlorophyll, and I've just seen it just change it overnight. Wow. Like the face was puffy, you know, and all swollen and all that. It would just go down. So... I don't know how we got yeah. on the chlorophyll thing, but yeah. it's a it's a very precious thing of yeah. all the plant foods. Totally. Something high and it's an algae too. Yep. It's not really a plant. I take it's it back. It's an allergy. Yeah, it's yeah. an algae. Maybe closer to an animal. Yeah, kind I of. guess. Or... Just not it's an yeah. algae. Anyway. An organism maybe yep. closer to. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. One other super, super, super inversion. Okay. And I know we're not gonna get to all these besides the, the pet food sham and kibble oh. and all that. You know, and yeah. what, what they really should eat, like what we should really raw eat. Raw chicken yeah. and, yeah, they do all with, we don't have a, it can get stuck and uh, tear our lining. But for them, uh, it's the opposite. The they they prefer the raw because the other mm-hmm. ones can cut their lining. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, the cooked bones to them are like glass. Exactly. Sharp glass. But the hazards of spaying and neutering is a very important playlist on my channel because what do they get you with two reasons to spay or neuter? The two reasons are so that they don't populate when you don't right. want them to populate. Right. And the other one is so they don't get cancer in those organs. And they, that's And actually true. the ones, the, the rates on spayed and neutered animals, the cancer is way higher. Yeah. We saw a Way higher. Reason. I will never do that again. My two boy, big boys at home, they're swinging. Mm-hmm. And big, beautiful balls and hormones and, you know. Yeah. The we third s- one that you don't know about, he was neutered at the shelter before we got him and yeah Aww. he's a mess he's just not hormonally right right but yeah i will never do that we again. saw a sign it said like a uh, spaying uh saves lives spaying and neutering saves lives and it's like is this like you know war creates peace Pre-ains, like prevents life yeah yeah exactly. it literally prevents life so i'm like yeah how, how do they justify that like, yeah but it's literally like the slogan you know that uh, we're going to create a uh, peace or war yeah yeah, I'm it's like, not it's such an oxymoron. It's really because, well, anyway, you yeah. can sterilize an animal and keep their gonads. Right. You know, and I guess there's one in Middle Tennessee. There might be more vets that, because it's actually a simpler and safer surgery than full spaying and neutering. And you can get, they can either get like, a, um, remove just the uterus mm-hmm. and leave the ovaries or tie the tubes or a doggy vasectomy. So it is possible. If I had a girl... I'd hunt down a vet that could do that if I don't right. want to breed with a boy or, sure. you know, one of the two would, you know, would. Yeah. But there's no problem, like, being around other dogs or walking. Well, there's the, no behavior problem at all. They're actually more confident. I think the uh, the best indication that all of these, like, pharmaceuticals, injections, and spraying and neutering is not doing the best for animals is that if you look at animals in the wild, of course, you That's know, they fun. may get injured, they may have... Uh, you know, they may get, get eaten. eaten, right, you know, but 
they don't have like the chronic health issues that humans do. No. But domesticated animals How come do. They're not scratching all the time. Yeah, but domesticated come? animals have also have very similar ailments to humans. So it must be something in the lifestyle that's similar that's causing that. Yeah, we did it to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. So there's just lots of examples. Like I do, let me just make sure because we're not yeah. going to get to all of it. But we got to a lot of the yeah, okay. inversions or the half truths. Yes, that there are playlists on all those things basically. Okay. And also, I didn't mention the one we were talking about cholesterol. There is one. There's two playlists on the heart, and there's one heart nutrition video that's literally at the top of both of them because one is just more in depth videos. Okay. But the other one, the one is heart videos in depth. The other one is. Um, Cholesterol versus CAC, which means coronary artery calcium. Right. And that whole thing has wonderful doctors just blowing that out of the water. Great. Just clarifying that up. And, you know, just with all kinds of information mm. and, you know, documentation and so forth, not just them saying it. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're they're really the good guys. They're very honest. You know, good. Okay. Very, very vetted. Right. The, the riskiest I've been at putting something on one of my playlists Um where I didn't know the doctor real well was one on light, just explaining the full light spectrum and what yeah, it does. Right. I have a light playlist. And the other one um, was, what was it? Just something really recent. Um, oh, it was not, it, it was about um, the uh, castor oil. I figured that wasn't really risky. Yeah, no. You're generally not going to go follow a doc, castor oil doctor, you know, or nurse, you know, I that was it. Other than it, them, all the rest of them. There's very little to... harm that's going to be done with castor oil. Right. I mean, unless you're drinking it by the gallon. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. yeah. People used to come in when they wanted to give birth to buy the edible version, the food grade one on purpose. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of... There's many benefits to castor oil. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So, okay. I think okay. Th- is, I'm going to have to just, like I said the last time uh-huh. on the video that didn't yes. have sound. Yes. I'm going to shut my book. Except for the oxalate story. Okay. Okay. At least for now, because I don't want to run out. I don't want to run out of time. Okay. Well, if we have more time, we'll get back to that. Okay. So let's. Uh, so yeah. So oxalates. Okay. What are oxalates, and how did you discover them? Okay. I knew they were there, mm-hmm. and I knew they were real high in certain foods. Right. I probably thought I was more protected than I was by just consuming lemon juice. Mm-hmm. And I hear other people say, "Well, I'll just drink lemon juice, and I won't matter." No, it's not quite like that because the lemon juice, the citric acid helps bust it apart. So uh, I did know about them. I didn't know all what herbs they were all in in mm. high rates. Okay. Mostly mm-hmm. the foods because you think of herbs as just medicine, you know. Sure. Okay. So oxalates, they're an acid. Mm-hmm. They're in all plants. Right. And some plants have very, very little, like coconut. Right. And some have... An extreme amount, okay, like rhubarb or spinach, and mm. they can come from and co- cacao is real high too. Mm-hmm. And cacao has a lot of bioavailable, bioavailable more nano-sized molecules. Mm. They can range from anywhere from nano-sized molecules on up to crystals, like some of the ones you could see under the microscope in my video that I that I made about wow. it. You could actually see that some of them are already a crystal form, but actually the mm. ones. You can't, you're, it can hardly ever see on a microscope, mm-hmm. they're nano-sized. Okay. Period. They're really, really hard to see, even with use special sure, microscopes, because they're nano-sized, yeah. right? Yeah. Really looking for a virus. Right? right, right. So only a virus you have to pull out of your body, where it's easier to just pull it out of the piece of plant there under, under right. a microscope. So they can form 
any size crystal easily on up to the size a kidney stone is. And they're responsible for 80% of kidney stones where they love to bind to calcium. And so you have calcium oxalate crystals mm -hmm. if you have kidney stones, 80% of the kidney stones. And the rest yeah. are other, like uric acid and so forth. Okay. 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 And that's another fallacy about uric acid. It's actually quite an antioxidant. Yes. Yeah, and it's actually kind of a good thing. Yes. If it's I did a whole off. episode on uh, urine therapy with Dr. Group. You told me about yeah. that. Yeah. I, I'm too chicken to try it. Yeah, but, and my but, big worry is since you pee out oxalates, your, oh, yes, you, you your body that. makes a small amount of oxalates. Right. And you're supposed to pee it out. Right. Um, even if you never, if you're all completely carnivore. Right. And you only had traces of oxalates. Your body's making them, so I really don't feel like I want to drink any more oxalates. Mm. But it's kind of like turmeric or or like, uh, not cacao, cinnamon or something you needed or clove or whatever as a germ killer in a crisis or mm -hmm. something that's anti-inflammatory in a crisis. Right. If you're, if you're using it or an acute situation, right. you're not using it that long and yeah. I think it would probably be worth it. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of like how, how much do you want that constantly coming in? Right. So if I was on a desert island and I had no fresh water, I would drink my pee. Mm -hmm. You know? I wouldn't be afraid to drop it on a wound if it's well, going right, to help sure. a wound heal, you know. Yeah. It's just that probably if someone wants to do that, maybe kind of at least cut back on the oxalates you're eating because you will be drinking oxalates. Mm -hmm. And it does come out at different times of the day. And when oh, you try right. to measure them, yeah, like if people try to measure it in the urine, it varies. Oh, interesting. So you can't tell by one urine in a day. Right. It's a snapshot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, the oxalates yeah. being in they're they they're insidious in that they're probably responsible for a huge amount of the arthritis. Period. Mm -hmm. um, uh, deposits and so forth, arthritic mm -hmm. deposits, nice. pain. They can damage any cell. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of the again the reason for the toxic superfoods book topic and and playlist mm -hmm. are because they can um they can really accumulate right and you can only dump so much naturally without going out of your way to use techniques to dump it right and again the liver makes a little bit which isn't that much but people eat an enormous amount of it and it can literally poke any cells membrane it can get in or damage or smoosh any membrane even including the mitochondria Period. And so if someone, I suggest people look into it because I can't explain all that right. stuff in five or 10 minutes. Now, right. but my experience was we had, like I said a little bit ago, we had been a vegetarians for 20 years, 10 of which were vegan. And there were a whole lot of oxalates mm -hmm. in that diet. And when we went paleo after my husband's you know, all the illnesses and so forth that it stopped helping or didn't help mm -hmm. or getting heavier or getting more diabetic or whatever. Mm -hmm. We eventually went paleo, but right. still there was that huge amount of almond butter involved. Mm. And still the lemon water. And I kind of thought I was protected by that, but mm. not enough. Right. And then, um, then we went keto and both the paleo diet for nine years helped way better than the vegan diet. We're getting some nutrients we we're missing. Right. Remember the first time we ate some flesh, it was salmon. 
And we felt so much better the next day. Right. After 20 years. Wow. The next day. Yeah. You know, some serious brain food it, in the yes. brain. It, it felt so much better. My dad always said fish was brain food. Yes. Yep. And I just told you a funny fish story earlier. but Yes. <laughs> um, not for the audience. Yeah. Uh, so... So then the, the paleo diet helped a lot because right. the metabolism was much better. Mm -hmm. The nutrients were much better that we were missing right. in the vegetarian era of our life. And then the keto diet was way even better. That's where all the, the nerve damage from having had Lyme disease, because you killed it, stopped it, mm -hmm. but the nerve damage was, was fixed right. quickly. And my husband's diabetes, probably within the first three months, the two of yeah. us. Yeah. And then that now it's been, you know, like, going on seven years so right. and it, it held it it wasn't just a fluke so so needless to say there were some herbs that got me mm -hmm. i really like to nibble on cinnamon sticks mm -hmm. and i thought i was doing something good right. and i had a i even had a video about stevia right. and i switched from the organic extract to the organic Full green leaf dried and ground into a powder. Right. This is supposed to have nutrients and you know help kill germs and do all kinds of things. So I switched to that. Ten minutes. Mm -hmm. okay. So and then and there were some other herbs that were used regularly, like fennel and so mm -hmm. forth, that I did not look into them prior right. to that and know that I was using a lot of them mm -hmm. for years. Okay. okay. Even slippery elm. And the reason I said I used that is because when I had gotten shingles and food hurt, hurt, the muscles had a spasm like menstrual cramps when the food went through that side. Wow. I was using slippery elm just to help make it slippery. Right. But as my friend Chad said, if you're listening to this, Chad, yes, slippery elm is not so slippery after all because it's loaded with Oxalate. poking. It could weird. What a paradox that it's literally slippery and slick and helps things slide. But yet full of oxalates. Okay. It's crazy. It's mm -hmm. like a brain F, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's like, who's doing this to us? <laughs> so anyway, I had this, um, we were walking the dogs last winter, mm -hmm. probably about, about a year ago. And the wind kicked up real hard. It was real cold wind hit my eyes. And prior to that, I didn't notice any sensitive eyes. But all mm -hmm. of a sudden, I, my eyes really gushed with water, just pouring down my face. And it burnt so badly, like it was an, a liquid acid burn. Right. really badly and I couldn't see and I told him I can't I'm blind I can't see we're walking our dogs there's traffic with people and animals and cars and I didn't know how I was going to get home so I kept wiping it with my husband's bandana and luckily he was there and I wasn't out there by myself yeah that was the first time I knew something was really freaky like that right. but I still didn't know it was oxalates mm -hmm. so then a few months later, I was finally able to cut a toenail that's featured on that video, uh, the toenail itself, um, where, that I couldn't cut for a couple of years. And I cut the piece off and there were like white crystalline things sticking out of the nail that had been poking into my foot. And that's the only toe that I have any arthritic stiffness on. Wow. That same one. So obviously it was going out through a nice extremity, safer place, right. other than like the brain or the heart or the lungs, and it, or the liver, right. and it was going out that way, that would be a logical conclusion. Right. right? So, so we immediately 
uh, looked at it with a jeweler's loop so we could see it up closer and said, oh my gosh, we got to get a microscope. Right. So we got a microscope and we started to look at these parts under the microscope. And at, at about that time, because we had gone more carnivore, and this is a warning to people going more carnivore or more keto, if you're um, eating less oxalates, your body will say, okay, we're ready to dump, rather than just a little bit that it's able to get out without thinking, so to speak, through right. your, your, your urine. Then it would, um, you know, it would tend to come out more. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know that's why it did. We realized, oh my gosh, yeah. Because we've gone way more into carnivore, mm -hmm. you know, like 95% recently. So one thing led to another. We bought the microscope and I was peeling them. For three months, I was peeling crystals off my lips constantly, some off the eyebrows. Um, I would have a spot on my leg or arm. All of a sudden, out of the blue, it just itched like crazy. And I'd scratch it and there's this white sparkly dust. And... And we'd take it and get it on my fingernails and then drop it on a slide and put it under the microscope. It's all crystals. Wow. Just crystals. And some of the crystals are just incredible looking. Yeah. Just like some are actually kind of pretty, look like yeah. a gem shop. Sure. And there I did include the pictures in that okay. video. And again, my video was to literally just sound the alarm and, sure. and give a little, what's the word, demonstration right. about it. And yet the, the playlist, I think, is very important because I think this is this is truly one of the it and omega six, but especially oxalates um, are really either the other elephant in the room mm -hmm. or there are, you know, because the people only touch the the say the trunk of the elephant. And say, oh, antioxidants right. or oh, this is a beneficial anti-inflammatory herb over here. But on the other end, it's loaded with oxalates or they're like that classic. Trojan horse, which is like a, a, a bad um, politician. Right, right. Because, you know, they, it, they come sometimes doing really good things. Mm -hmm. Even though a lot of the nutrients are blocked up in the, the phytates mm -hmm. that bond to the minerals or the fiber that helps you not have access to, to the nutrients right. inside, you know, that, that are less bioavailable, but still certain things they do that's good. Sure. You know, or just taste good. Mm -hmm. And then, then yeah, we're 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 getting a surprise. We're we're getting something else that we you know we weren't expecting, and they can stay in you for a very very long time. And like Sally Norton uh, yes. says, um, she's and other the other doctors too. She she's so funny. She just said they can hurt more coming out than going in. So wow. you when they're coming out, there's yeah. uh, there are many ways to mitigate it. There okay. are many ways to aid it. Like yeah. MS, not not MMS, but MSM, where the S is sulfur. Right. Yeah. Um, they, sulfur and oxalates kind of compete for the space inside the cell. Interesting. And kind of, kind of, you know, kind of, if one's in the cell, it's hard for the other one to get in and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good thing to take. And by the way, the oxalate dumping is like, my lips never peel again. It's, it could take up to, she said, up to 10 years Wow. To get if you've been accumulating that long, but whatever sure. we're doing is working really well, and lots of taurine and lot of, lots of citrates because, but you don't want to over make them make them smaller too fast. Like basically, some of the things will help dissolve them, like citrates, as in citric acid, mm -hmm. like the mag, you know, magnesium, potassium, calcium citrate, all that, right. or the citric acid in lemons. Um, they help break it up. They'll help it be softer. 
so the calcium or whatever minerals that the oxalates grab, they can um, let go, soften up, and then they get closer back down to nano size. So you can get them out easier, mm -hmm. but you got to be careful because if too much become nano size and get in your blood at one time, it can create, uh, 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 what do you call it, In extreme irregularity in your, your electrolytes. Oh, interesting. And that happened to my husband in... We don't have time to talk about it because our time's almost up. But okay. it's when he got pots from it, and so did Sally Norton. And his okay. pots is almost completely gone because the, the oxalates grab onto minerals and make them into like a crystal, and you can't use those minerals, so you'll be deficient. So I think it's just very insidious, and it's hiding behind all kinds of things we can't figure out. Right. So I highly suggest people really look into it. Yeah. And lemon juice is great, and it, it's really helpful. But if you just use a little bit, um, don't count on that being right. like the truly completely effective mitigator. Right. Didn't you say uh, milk? Because I think you were talking dairy. about like dairy. Dairy helps because it can bind to that calcium and be occupied by it and right. hopefully, hopefully excrete it uh, by pooping it out right. before it's a big problem. Yeah, dairy really helps. Okay. I still have a little bit of tea in the morning. Right. I got it down to like one-tenth what I used to tiny bit real weak mm -hmm. and i make sure i have like i'll take a little dairy with it okay. just for the heck of it right right interesting i'm a. maybe we'll do a part two because uh yeah i have a whole page okay yeah let's small do a print part two then because i am curious about just like you know the history of how this has evolved like our awareness of it i'm also imagining that it's more of a problem now than it was you know. Well, lots of people in the past, the way they got discovered it in the late 1700s was but people died from like, you know, when rhubarb or something went like that was in season, they ate too much of it and they actually died. Right. I think we, the, what we were talking about last time was, uh, and you touched on it a bit, this time was the uh, seasonal uh, eating. And mm -hmm. that, that plays a big role in mm -hmm. mitigating some of this because you're eating with this, you're not eating the same thing. That's right. In so in the winter, when you can't have access to as many plants. Right. It has time to get out. Yes. Yeah. Same with fructose, isn't it? Yeah. Seasonal. No, so eat, try to at least mimic seasonal eating. Yeah. More ancestral kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And permaculture, which is also more of an ancestral type of lifestyle. It's well, just if you ever get chickens, keep them at least an acre away from your house or you might have rats and mice coming. Right. Invading you. I've told so many people, they said, I want to get chickens. I said, okay, keep it far from the house. Yes. Keep it way back. Yes, that's why people have chicken coops. Yes. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to have anything else you want to leave us with because I think we no. are wrapping it up and also tell everybody where they can find yeah. you. And all if that. we did a part two, yeah. then, you know, because there's, there's, there's so many ways this can yeah. go. You know, and I didn't even get into anything about like, you know, political or prepping. I know. Oh my gosh, what you should have in your we vehicle in case you get stuck somewhere. Right. Yeah. No, just you can find me on YouTube at mm -hmm. Breaking the Spells. Be sure to spell out spells all the way and that it's plural or you're going to get witchcraft instead of health food. Right. <laughs> it's a video reference library for health. It's not about money and it's not about clicks or anything like that. And it's not about dark magic. So No, yeah. <laughs> it's not about, no. Not just about the witchcraft. magic of being in, alive. Right, right. Just miraculous. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just that. All right, well, we'll find you and we'll do a part two. Thank you so okay, much for sure. being here. Thank you all for watching and listening. Thank you for having me. Welcome.
see it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.